Holy Father in heaven, blessed be your holy name for your mercy and love and kindness bestowed upon all of us. We look forward to the time when our Lord Jesus will come in the clouds of heaven to take his children and we want to be among those who will be taken to heaven. For that purpose, Lord, we come to fellowship with you this morning that you may fit us to be in the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we may fulfill the conditions that are to be met to be in your kingdom. Dear Lord, please speak to our hearts and grant us of your spirit that we may understand the truth that you are speaking to us. Consecrate me to your service, dear Lord, and put your words in my mouth that I may speak blessings, hope, courage, and power to your children that we all may be empowered to become the sons of God and to make the decisions that need to be made in order to qualify to be in your kingdom. Do this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage December 30. First things first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. This promise will never fail. We cannot enjoy the favor of God unless we comply with the conditions upon which his favor is bestowed. By so doing, there will come to us that peace, contentment and wisdom that the world can neither give nor take away. A humble mind and a grateful heart will elevate us above petty trials and real difficulties. The less earnest, energetic and vigilant we are in the service of the Master, the more will the mind dwell upon self, magnifying molehills into mountains of difficulty. The burden of God's work laid upon Moses made him a man of power. While keeping for so many years the flocks of Jethro, in the fear of God, he gained an experience that taught him true humility. The command to deliver Israel seemed overwhelming, but in the fear of God, Moses accepted the trust. Mark the result. He did not bring the work down to his deficiency, but in the strength of God, he put forth the most earnest efforts to elevate and sanctify himself for his sacred mission. Moses would never have been prepared for his position of trust had he waited for God to do the work for him. Light from heaven will come to those who feel the need of it and who seek for it as for hidden treasures. But if we sink down into a state of inactivity, willing to be controlled by Satan's power, God will not send his inspiration to us. Unless we exert to the utmost the powers which he has given us, we shall ever remain weak and inefficient. 
Much prayer and the most vigorous exercise of the mind are necessary if we would be prepared to do the work which God would entrust to us. Many never attain to the position which they might occupy because they wait for God to do for them that which he has given them power to do for themselves. All who are fitted for usefulness in this life must be trained by the severest mental and moral discipline and then God will assist them by combining divine power with human effort. Wrong habits are not overcome by a single effort. Only through long and severe struggle is self-mastered. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is First Things First. The Lord has a lot of promises He has given in His Word to those who would read it. Promises that tells us that we can have eternal life. Promise. There, the Lord has given a promise to us that our bodies will be changed from mortal and, in, and corruptible to immortal and incorruptible. And many more promises there are written in the Word of God. But all the promises of God are given to us on condition that we put do the first things first, that we fulfill our part. Jesus has given us evidence of the truth and seriousness of what he has promised us by first giving us all heaven when he came down on earth and died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. Now he wants to give us all things, but there is something that we must do first. Jesus talking about the first things that we must do, the conditions that must be fulfilled said in the book of Matthew 6, reading from verse 19. And listen now to what the Lord wants you to put first. We must do the first things first. So Matthew 6 reading from verse 19 is explaining what the first things we are to do is in order to get the promises of God. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And down to verse 25 it says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, 
Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Amen. This is the promise that will never fail. What promise? The promise that if we lay our treasures in heaven and do the first things first, which is that we seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to us. But the promise is conditional. We must first lay our treasures in heaven and seek first the kingdom of God. Like we read in the devotion, we cannot enjoy the favor of God unless we comply with the conditions upon which his favor is bestowed. By so doing, that's by complying, there will come to us that peace, contentment, and wisdom that the world can neither give nor take away. So, what is the condition to comply with? Lay your treasure in heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God. Where have you laid your treasure? Are you using it for self or for the cause of God? Jesus says that if we use our treasures to seek his kingdom, then the promises that he has, he has given will be given to us. We see in the devotion a law of selfishness and the law of selflessness. In Conflict and Courage, page 370, paragraph 2, it says, The less earnest energetic and vigilant we are in the service of the master, the more will the mind dwell upon self, magnifying molehills into mountains of difficulty." End of quote. So this is a law here, it's a proportionate law. That, that is that the energy that you put into self is inversely proportional to, to how your mind magnifies molehills into mountains. If the energy we are putting into the cause of God is less, then we'll find that molehills will become mountains in our mind. It means that the more earnest, energetic, and vigilant we are in the service of the master, the less will the mind dwell upon self, magnifying molehills into mountains of difficulty. So if we follow this law, if we want our minds to stop magnifying molehills into mountains of difficulty. It means that we must be more earnest, energetic, and vigilant in the service of the Master. That is the law. The Lord has things for us to do in order for us to receive the promises that He has given to us. And I would say we divide it into two. First of all, overcoming sin. And secondly, service for God. And this service for God means that we actively engage in propagating the gospel. And there are various ways to do that. These are the two categories of works that are given to us. Preparation for the coming of the Lord by overcoming sin and reflecting the image of Jesus. And secondly, evangelistic work. Both these works may be seen as mountains of difficulty. But it will only be seen as a mountain of difficulty if we do not do what the Lord is asking us to do, if we are not earnest, energetic, and vigilant in the service of God. So, if you want this work given to us, overcoming sin and 
doing evangelistic work for the Lord, if you want them to look less difficult in your eyes, then the solution is just engage in the work. Just start doing it. Take away your mind from self and put your mind more on seeing how you can help others. When the mind goes away from self to looking for how it can help others, you, it, it helps. When you start looking at how you can help others, you lose sight of self. And those mountains of difficulty will not look that way anymore. But in order to do this, the bitch is to overcome sin and to do the course of the Lord in evangelistic work, we must lay our treasures in heaven. We must be able to give all for Christ. If anything short of giving all will not secure for us the promise, how much of our treasures are we to lay? Matthew 13, reading from verse 44 to 46 says again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And in the book of Jeremiah 29 verse 12 and 13, it says, Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. These two passages I have read. The merchant man who was seeking goodly pearls, how much did he sell to get that goodly pearl? He sold all that he had. And the man who found a treasure hidden in the field, how much did he sell in order to get the treasure? He sold all that he had. And then Jesus our Lord says in Jeremiah 29 verse 13 that we will seek him and find him only when we search for him with all of our hearts. What do we learn brothers and sisters? In order to receive the promises of God, we must be willing to give all for his sake. But why is the Lord question for all. It is because he also gave all. Philippians 2 reading from verse 3 to 8 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. And take note of those words that we are to esteem others better than ourselves. Now going on in verse 4 it says, Look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. What, what is that? The law that we just read of selflessness turn away your eyes from self and look more to the things of others. That is the more earnest, we read that before, the more earnest, energetic and vigilant we are in service of the master, which is the service of the master is in the service of man. The service of master means that we are working to see how others are saved from their sins. That the more we are earnest in doing that, the less will we focus on self. And here in Philippians 2 verse 4, we are told, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. A lot is contained in these passages that I just read. We are being told to give all for Christ. And I'm telling us that the reason is because nothing short of all will suffice. Jesus gave all. He esteemed your life as better than his own. Having received this much from Jesus and seen how far Jesus was willing to go for us, we are not to think 
it a difficult thing that Jesus requires that all our treasures and all our hearts will be given up in order for us to secure the things that he has preserved for us, reserved for us. When we go to purchase things in the market, we usually part with money because we believe that the thing we are purchasing is either equal in value to the money that we are giving out for it or that the thing we are purchasing is actually more valuable than what we are parting with, the money we are parting with. When Jesus died on the cross, he was making an exchange whose life was more valuable to him. It's either he was saying your your life is of equal value with mine so that I can give it for yours or he was even saying that he was esteeming your life as better than his own life. When Jesus was dying on the cross, I say again, when he came to this earth, let me not go to the cross, when he came to this earth as a child, that is what we read here, he made himself, he took upon him the form of a man, and not just any man in the king's houses or in the houses of rich men, but the form of a servant, made in likeness of man in this sinful flesh. Romans 8 verse 3 says, what the law could not do in that it was weak, God sending his son in the likeness of this sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin, sin in the flesh. Jesus took upon him this our infirmity full of weakness, this body, and lived in the house of a poor man, Joseph, born in a manger. He suffered all of this for us, grew up on this earth in toil and hardship, and then eventually three and a half years service for man, and eventually died on the cross. What kind of death was that? A shameful death. He was stripped of his garments, crucified bare, naked on the cross. He was abused, maligned, mocked, all these things he gave to us. He spent himself till there was nothing else to give for us. First things first, my brothers and sisters, after Jesus has done all this, what was he actually saying? He was saying that your life is more valuable than his, so that he was willing to purchase you by his blood. His blood, he said, in value is equal to your life or in fact your life is even better that's what we read in philippians 3 philippians 2 verse 3 in lowliness of mind let each esteem others as better than themselves and then we are told that this is the mind that christ had it should be in us so we can safely say that in the mind of christ your life was esteemed as better than his own life and that was why he was willing to die on the cross he purchased you he was willing to part with his life because he saw something more valuable and that is your life Just chew on that for a while and then you will understand that nothing short of you giving all to Christ will suffice if you must secure the promises. First things first. But then, God is looking for much more than us living in harmony with his law and living a life that is dedicated to the Lord, following the truth. He also wants us to give loving service to him just as he gave to us. Jesus lived a life on earth as a servant to all men, ministering to the needs of men, and he requires the same of us. There are positions of trust to occupy where we are to do loving service for the Lord. Like I've been saying, two things, live a life that is in harmony with the truth and also do a work of service for the Lord. These things may seem like intimidating tasks for us, but the Lord has made and given every power and every um equipment, every tool that is necessary. The Holy Spirit is at our 
beck and call him the holy angels are always working whether you call them or not jesus is the most holy place interceding for our sins they are working tirelessly to see that this work can be done you can do it like we studied in previous devotions all things through christ you can do all things through christ who strengthens you but how can we receive power to do these things how can we receive inspiration from god we must venture something and task ourselves we are to seek god with all our heart and seek for the truth as for hidden treasures how do we use our treasures to find the light to how do we lay it up in heaven I'll tell you how. Our time, our money, our talents, our influence, our strength, our intellect, these are our treasures. They are all to be used in a direction that serves God and not self. In a direction to seek the best condition for ourselves and others to keep the commandments of God. This is a work that we are to do for ourselves and not expect God to do for us. The book of John 7 verse 17 says, If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. What does this mean? That means in order for you to learn, in order for you to receive the power, you must first venture something, go and do something. There is a work for us to do and if we don't venture to do something, we will never be given power that is in store for us. We read in the devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 370, paragraph 4, Moses would never have been prepared for his position of trust if he had waited for God to do the work for him. So if you are waiting to be fitted for the work, you will never get the power, you will never be prepared. If you are waiting for a better feeling to come on you before you can venture to overcome sin or venture to do service for the Lord, you will never get the power. Going on in the reading, it says, Light from heaven will come to those who feel the need of it and who seek for it as for hidden treasures. But if we sink down into a state of inactivity, willing to be controlled by Satan's power, God will not send his inspiration to us unless we exert to the utmost the powers which he has given us. We shall ever remain weak and inefficient. Much prayer and the most vigorous exercise of the mind are necessary if we will be prepared to do the work which God would entrust to us. Let me stop here. Are you getting the point? We must exercise ourselves, exert our powers to the utmost. If we want to make this practical, sometimes people are called, come let us go for evangelism and go and study with this person. Or in the church you are called, come and handle this particular responsibility to teach this particular thing. And there are some people who will always never be prepared. And why is that so? They are trusting in their own strength, thinking that they must find the power in themselves first before they do the work. But we are told, you will never be prepared if you are waiting for God to do the work for you. You must exert yourself. When will you ever exert yourself if you keep always giving excuse upon excuse upon excuse as to why you cannot do this service for the Lord or why you cannot overcome this particular sin? In overcoming sin, there must be vigorous warfare and that is the treasure laying in heaven. You must give your all, your energy, your time, your resources. How are you spending it? Have you striven? In the book of Hebrews 12 verse 4, we are told, you have not yet resisted against sin, striving unto blood. Our Lord Jesus in Gethsemane, when he was there, he prayed and he was sweating as it were great drops of blood. Have you resisted to that extent? 
before you say, oh, I cannot do it. That's why we are told. But if we sink down into a state of inactivity, willing to be controlled by Satan's power, God will not send his inspiration to us. Inactivity. You are not doing anything. Okay, you are struggling with this particular sin. The question, what have you done about it? What measure have you taken? Have you traced from cause to effect to understand why you fall into this sin? And then, since you know the reason, you have already found a solution. When you are doing project management, you first of all find a problem. The problem gives you the solution itself. When you say this is the problem, by writing the problem, you find the solution right there in the problem. Why do you struggle with this? It is because I do this or that and I see things this way. So that means I need to stop seeing things this way. I need to stop doing this or doing that. Right there is a solution. We must exert ourselves. We must not wait for duty to become pleasant to us before we do it. There is a cross for us to carry because this is one of the reasons why many of us do not exert ourselves. Duty does not seem pleasant. Let me take for example somebody who is struggling with sexual sin. The duty to you, the Lord says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, gorge it out. So what is your duty now? Your duty is give up that phone. Don't even access the internet again. Block it completely. And there are many tools that are available for you to do this. Now, that is duty. But are you willing to do it? There are many who will not go that far. Many will say, no, I cannot stay without the internet. Others will say, no, I cannot stay without my Android phone. And others will say, no, I cannot change my location. Then you are not yet serious. I say again, you are not serious about overcoming. If you were serious you will do something. That's exactly what we are studying. Jesus said in the book of Luke 9 verse 23, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, first things first, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We must do the first things first. And what are the first things? Deny yourself. What are we to deny ourselves? If it is something is something that is pleasant, then it is no longer denial. But because it is not pleasant to us, that is why it is called self-denial. Then it's called the taking up of the cross. There is a cross in following Christ. It is not pleasant. Duty is not always pleasant, but we must do it nonetheless if we are serious. It is because duty seems difficult and hard and disagreeable to us. An inclination is more easy than many of us to choose. Many of us choose to act as though duty is not plain and clear to us. Reading from the Southern Watchman, September 1, 1908, paragraph 7 and 8, we are told, There are persons who would understand their duty clearly if their duty was in harmony with their natural inclinations. Reason and circumstances may point out their duty clearly, but when the path of duty is not in line with their inclinations, these evidences are frequently set aside. Then, these persons will presume to go to God to learn their duty, but God will not be trifled with. He will permit such persons to follow the desires of their own hearts. My people would not hearken to my voice, he says, so I gave them up to their own hearts, to their own hearts' lusts, and they walked in their own counsel. Psalms chapter 81, verse 11 and 12. An experience of genuine faith is followed by love and love by unquestioning obedience. All the powers and passions of the converted man are brought under the control of Christ. The Holy Spirit is a renewing power, transforming to the divine image all who will receive it. The daily inquiry is, Lord, 
what will thou have me to do? For the true Christian accounts the service of Jesus as the truest joy and freedom. The law of God is his delight, and instead of trying to bring the divine requirements into harmony with his own inclinations or deficiencies, he is constantly striving to rise to the level of their perfections. End of quote. Amen. We must rise to the level. There must be vigorous, earnest warfare if we must overcome because it is better for you to make it to the kingdom of God without that eyes, without that hand and without that leg than to perish in hell. You must do the first things first. Many of us want to be in heaven. Oh, we love to talk about it. We love to hear of it. But the first things must be done first. We have a duty to do. We must deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow the Lord. Testimonies, Volume 3, page 44, paragraph 1 says, The lack of firmness and self-denial in your characters is a serious drawback in obtaining a genuine religious experience that will not be sliding sand. Firmness and integrity of purpose should be cultivated. These qualities are positively necessary to a successful Christian life. What are these qualities? Firmness and integrity. They are positively necessary to a successful Christian life. If you have integrity of soul, you will not be swayed from the right. No motive will be sufficient to move you from the straight line of duty. You will be loyal and true to God. The pleadings of affection and love, the yearnings of friendship will not move you to turn aside from truth and duty. You will not sacrifice duty to inclination. End of quote. And I say, Amen. What does Jesus say about those who allow the pleadings of affection and love and the yearnings of friendship to move them away from duty? Jesus says, You are not worthy of him. Anyone who will allow father, mother, brother, sister, and any other thing on this world to make him not to inherit the kingdom of God or to make him not to do what the Lord asks him to do, he is not worthy. We were, it were told in our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 370, paragraph 4, all who are fitted for usefulness in this life must be trained by, hear this now, by the severest mental and moral discipline and then god will assist them by combining divine power with human effort so what is the first thing that we must do we must train ourselves by the severest not little now severe that word severest mental and moral discipline jesus himself taught the severest mental and moral discipline when he said those things i mentioned there where he said if your right hand causes you to sin cut it off that is severe if your eye causes you to sin, gorge it out. That is a severe mental and moral discipline. And until we do the first things first, God will not assist us. You are probably struggling with some sin now, but the reason is because you have not done the first things first. You have not trained yourself by the severest mental and moral discipline. Testimonies, Volume 3, page 25, paragraph 2 says, careful attention should be given to the culture of the intellect as mental discipline now that the various organs of the mind may have equal strength by being brought into exercise each in its distinctive office 
end of quote so we are to train our minds the faculties of our minds your conscience must be sharpened how by studying the word of god especially the law of god that is what sharpens the conscience your reasoning must be refined and educated by the same word to teach us to reason from cause to effect your perception must be sharpened also by the same word that is your worldview how you see things the word of god must sharpen it the holy spirit must be there to quicken your will and give you power to make the right choices your imagination is to be purified by staying away from impure sights and sounds and filling your mind memory your memory is to be filled with the right thoughts and right things that your imagination may lift up from those things that you have stored in your memory to give you the right things to think about and your intuition by experience must be exercised to do the right things mental discipline is necessary we were told in page 370 paragraph 5 of conflict and courage wrong habits are not overcome by a single effort only through long and severe struggle is self-mastered this is the first thing that we must do we cannot overcome unless we've done our part and our part is that there must be a long and severe struggle against self there must be a long and severe struggle testimonies volume 3 now page 26 paragraph 1 says if one faculty is suffered to remain dormant or is turned out of its proper course the purpose of god is not carried out all the faculties should be well developed care should be given to each for each has a bearing upon the others and all must be exercised in order that the mind be properly balanced if one or two organs are cultivated and kept in continual use because it's the choice of your children to put the strength of the mind in one direction to the neglect of other mental powers they will come to maturity with unbalanced minds and inharmonious characters they will be apt and strong in one direction but greatly deficient in other directions just as important they will not be competent men and women their deficiencies will be marked and will mar the entire character end of quote so we must discipline our our minds to exercise all the faculties like i have said in order to have a balanced character until we go through this severe and long struggle until we understand that there must be a severe mental and moral discipline done by us we will not overcome this is why we are told in the word of god the kingdom of god suffered violence and the violent take it by force we must have an indomitable mind firmness integrity we were told is necessary to have a successful christian life we must have a mind that is willing to see obstacles and not be afraid we read about paul the other day when we studied noble examples he was like a horse there was nothing that would threaten paul that would make him afraid and he sees danger and he goes to meet it he meets the obstacles and overcomes them we must have an indomitable mind a mind that is courageous firm so that troubles obstacles will not be a hindrance to our progress we may see it coming like the horse we laugh at the obstacle and say we are going to meet it headlong and the kingdom of god will suffer violence in our life and we the violent will take it by force to explain this reading from youth instructor may 24 1900 paragraph 1 it says there is need of earnest work that we may have strength from god to resist the enemy when he shall come in like a flood we must agonize in order to subdue self for self-ease and self-indulgence are the most deceptive sins stupefying the conscience and blinding the understanding 
Oh, that those who have heard the testing message would awake from their sleep and no longer remain in careless indifference. We need the earnest desire of the importunate widow and the Syrophoenician women, a determination that will not be repulsed. And paragraph 5 says, The kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. This violence takes in the whole heart. To be double-minded is to be unstable. Resolution, self-denial, and consecrated effort are required for the work of preparation. The understanding and the conscience may be united, but if the will is not set to work, we shall make a failure. Every faculty and feeling must be engaged. Ardor and earnest prayer must take the place of listlessness and indifference. How much do you pray? Many times you are tired to pray. We must pray continually and abide in Christ. Going on in the reading, we are told, only by earnest, determined effort and faith in the merits of Christ can we overcome and gain the kingdom of heaven. Our time for work is short. Christ is soon to come the second time. May God help those who have heard the warning message to remember that the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. End of quote. Amen. These are the first things we must do in order to be in the kingdom of God. We are referred to the importunate widow and the Syrophoenician woman and that we, have, we, need to, we need to have a determination like theirs that will not be repulsed. We need to be awake and not remain in careless indifference. There must be earnestness, resolution, self-denial, consecrated effort. These things are required in order for us to overcome. They must be put first before God will help us. If we wait for God to just come and help us, oh Lord, and we only pray, 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 and we don't put in enough effort and show the Lord how serious we are about overcoming, you will not receive any help. How serious are you about overcoming? Are you spending your treasures, your money to make yourself overcome? Have you made efforts to see that you are placed in a better condition? Where are you living? Have you tried to find somewhere else that is better to live? Or do you think that, oh, the money is too much to spend? If I go to so-and-so place where the atmosphere is better, it's going to cost me too much. Then you are not ready. It's already going to cost you all. So be ready to spend to overcome. There are many applications that we can use on our phones to help us to scrutinize the internet so that we do not fall prey to the devil. But it costs some money. For example, there's this app called Covenant Eyes. There's another one, Freedom 2. You purchase them, but are you willing to spend your money to block the evils on the internet for yourself? Are you willing or do you think it is too expensive for you? If you think it is too expensive, then you are not ready to be in the kingdom of God. You must do the first things first in order to receive help from God. If you wait for God to come and help you while you are relaxing, you are not spending your money, you are not giving in effort and time to study the word of God and find out as for hidden treasures the light contained in the word of God. You are not making the effort to cut away from you evil communication. You are not cutting off the right hand, those things that make you to fall. They are not bad in and of themselves like the phone I was saying or internet they are not bad in and of themselves but when you realize that you these things are getting the better of you and you're not making effort to put them away from you 
then it shows you are not serious and the Lord is not going to give you any help unless you do the first things first. The kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force. If we do not exert ourselves, body, soul, mind and strength, if we do not lay all, not some now, all of our treasures, if we consider it too much that I'm going to have to purchase this or do this or do that, if we do not lay all of our treasures in heaven, we cannot expect to receive help from God. We cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We must first comply with the conditions before the crown of eternal life and all his glories will be given to us. Brothers and sisters, let us learn to do the first things first. Eventually, the Lord has all things to give to you. You may say, What shall I eat? Wherewithal shall I be clothed? But the Lord says, Do not be afraid. I know that you have need of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God. Don't worry about what you will eat, what you will put on, or what you will drink. I know you have need of these things. Trust the Lord. The Lord says, O ye of little faith, it is your Father's will to give you the kingdom. Don't be afraid. Focus first on how to overcome. You are thinking, oh, I want to marry, I want to have children. That is not the first thing. The first thing is seek ye first the kingdom of God. Have you overcome sin? Before you are praying to God, Lord, give me a visa to go to Canada or to US or to UK. Have you prayed for victory over sin? What is the first thing on your mind? First things first. The Lord knows that you have need of these things. That thing you are looking for in the UK or in Canada or in the US or in Europe. God knows that you have need of these things. Yes, he knows. But what he's asking is ask for the first things first. Seek first the victory over sin, and all these things shall be added unto you. That is what the Lord is saying. If we don't lay our treasures in heaven, we will not get the kingdom of God. The Lord wants to see you earnest to secure what Jesus sought to give to us while he was dying on the cross. He sought to give us victory over sin. That's why he was dying. And if you are not as earnest to get the gift that Jesus tried to secure for us on the cross because I say tried because some people will not get it because they will not do the first things first but he has done his part will you do your part do you think it's too much that the Lord is asking that you give all to him when you look at the cross you realize it is not too much to ask and I pray that the Spirit of God will open our eyes to see just that so that we can give all and not hold anything back in this work of gaining the victory over sin and doing service for God. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for these words that you have spoken to us. Help us, Lord, through the eyes of faith to realize that if we seek first the kingdom of God, if we do all in our power to see that we overcome sin, that you will take care of us. Some people are afraid of making decisions because they think that they will not find what to eat, what to drink, or what to wear. Lord, open the eyes of our minds that we may see through faith that you will certainly take care of all of us. And I pray, Father, that as you show to us the first things that we need to do in order to receive power and inspiration from God, that you will also give us the grace to do those things, for of our own strength we can do nothing. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen.